0: listening to takedowns to breakdowns and there it is yep <laughs> <laughs> again i love i love the technical difficulties we consistently face but we consistently overcome yeah. on a bi-weekly basis with this um yep. i should put this on my resume at this point i feel and just be just be saying how uh how great i am with the podcasting technology and the intricate details into making it work for sure. Oh, how you doing?
1: How you I'm doing? doing all right, man. How about you?
0: Good, good, good. Uh, pretty good. I've been getting a lot of I've been trying to get a lot of sleep and that's been making a huge difference, but I've also been trying to eat more to like keep up with my activities and what I'm doing and I feel way more energetic because of it. So, I'm pretty happy about it. But it's all been like healthy eating. So, um I I did a whole bunch of vegan dishes with the lady, so uh, like vegan chili mm-hmm. and like tofu stir fry, and what's really cool is that there's a local farm nearby we go to and get a shit ton of like hand picked vegetables that we hand pick ourselves. And there's so much, there's so many meals now chock full of veggies, and I feel so good just off of the veggies. And I think I honestly feel rejuvenated from all the clean eating. So I'm feeling yeah. really good. Feeling
1: so really good. oh, so you're not eating any meat. Mm.
0: I am. I'm still eating meat. I'm still eating meat. Just not just like every other week right now. Okay. Or not not even every other week. I still eat meat. Like I have meat for lunch, and then I have like vegetables for dinner. Okay. That kind of thing. Gotcha. So I'm still doing it. I'm I'm still doing it. Now I was texting you today because for those who have been following along, or for those who have not, uh, I've been essentially trying to be a personal trainer for Mikey, and. I gave you a new workout about what last week? Beginning uh, of last yeah, week, last I think.
1: Week. Yeah.
0: Or the end of two weeks ago. And I wanted to, I asked you about it if you at least did it because I wanted to get your opinion on it. And I wanted to see what you thought of this one versus the other one I gave you. Because the original workout you were doing was just fucking pure volume. It was just five sets, five reps, just a shitload of things like five push ups, five pull ups, or like five. Uh, air squats, five push-ups, or just, you know, really simple workout, like really simple exercises, but you attack it with volume, you attack it with perfect form, and you just do five, five, and it's actually way more manageable almost, because you're only doing five, so you don't have to count a huge amount, and then you can just switch off and give those muscles a a, a breather, and then you attack it again, and then I gave you a new Mm -hmm. workout, which is kind of volume-based, but a little bit different we definitely added weights, but I compounded movements a lot more, um, or I used compound movements a lot more. So it was a lot less of what we're doing prior, which was body weight stuff. And now we're just doing less exercises, more reps, and now like a lot of weight.
1: Yeah. That, and also less resting in between I noticed. So it was like, as soon as you're done doing the first thing, just jump right into the second one. And after you're done doing, like a complete set. It's like okay, now take like thirty seconds. Okay, now do it again. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: Yeah. So instead of doing like five and then five, this is like bang, 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 bang. Rest.
1: Yeah, it was for sure more yeah. cardio based. I I felt.
0: Yeah, but was it like impossible to do or no? It wasn't impossible. No. No. Is that more doable than the I mean, other one or? Yes, no. Well,
1: I'm sorry. You started cutting out. What was that?
0: Oh, I'm sorry. I said was it uh is it easier or harder than the other one?
1: Um, I mean It's harder in a sense that you're just jumping right into the next thing as soon as you're done, whereas with the the first it was actually two different exercises you had sent me the last time. Uh, the last two, it was like, okay, like, you know, do almost, it, almost like uh hit training or like Tabata style, you know? So it's like, I would do the reps. I would take like 10 seconds. Like I actually had like 10 or 15 seconds of a breather. Then I'd go into the next one, you know, whereas uh, the newer one was more just nonstop. Um, so, yeah. I mean, I guess you could say it was harder in that sense, but it was, it wasn't impossible.
0: Right. Well, that's good. That's the point. The point is to not get discouraged by it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I wanted to say something um, about, well, I wanted to ask you something about, if you didn't know this, uh, MMA fighter Jeremy Stevens uh, just fought recently against Yair Rodriguez at UFC Mexico City just last Saturday. So just a few days ago. And if you didn't know, that fight ended Super fucking quick, like in the first 20 seconds, it, there was a eye poke from Yair Rodriguez to Jeremy Stevens. Uh, Jeremy Stevens was given the full five minutes to recover. Um, I'm pretty sure it was the five minutes because Herb Dean, I think, was on the ball on this one. And they had the doctors come in and check it out, and Jeremy couldn't open his eye. So the fight was called off as a no contest. Uh, Jeremy Stevens has been suspended 180 days uh, until he's been cleared by an ophthalmologist for his corneal Uh, abrasion in his eye. Uh So not great. So it's a pretty severe eye poke. Right. Okay. And I wanted to get, I wanted, I wanted to ask you, what do you think is kind of the, like I'm throwing in the towel type of injury. And I'm not talking like the Anderson Silva, Chris Weidman leg break. That's a fucking obvious one. I'm not talking like, you know, the, the Matt Mitrione balloon eye where it's like, I feel like your eye is going to fall out of its socket Uh, I'm not saying like the injuries that actually end a fight. I'm talking about in the sense of for a career. Where do you where would you call it? Not just in a fight, but call it as a career to say maybe this is a sign that this is this is it. You know, I shouldn't. This injury is so bad. I probably should just
1: like retire. You know, I
0: mean. Yeah, well, I I guess in the context of what do you think is the worst injury that could be sustained in the cage besides, like, death or, you know, like, cancer and death doesn't count here. I'm talking just, you know, something that's been happening.
1: So uh, the first fighter I think of, um, who was that guy who had to retire because he took a knee to the forehead and the guy pretty much bashed his skull in and it left an indent and he had to then get a metal plate in his head.
0: Oh, I think he goes by cyborg. I know you're talking, cyborg? About. Know you're talking he- about cyborg. Yeah. Cyborg. Okay. Cyborg got fucked up. Yeah. He had his uh, skull fractured in a fight. It was against, yes. uh, I think it was against Michael page. Okay. Um, it was like the most gruesome type of, it was basically the equivalent of, of just a a steering wheel going into his, into his skull.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh yeah. Uh Cyborg Santos. Not Chris Cyborg. Uh Cyborg Santos. Yes, yeah. And Yeah. Oh. Yeah. They've they've it's been called one of the most uh one of the most gruesome MMA injuries ever because of the fact that it just took out his his skull is impacted inwards. Like if you see the X ray,
1: oh yeah. terrifying. Yeah. It's f- for it's sure.
0: Terrifying. Yeah, but yeah, that was uh yeah, that was, oh, uh, that is horrible. That is, that is terrifying because that's, that's almost thinking that you could almost, you could kill somebody with that. Yes. Easily. Yeah, but anyways, yes. Um, so you would say that's kind of one of those, maybe don't come back to fighting after that kind of, kind of injury?
1: Well, I mean, especially if you get a metal plate in your head, I think at that point, the, whatever organize, organization you're with, I don't think they'll even allow you to come back. You know, I mean, when it comes to broken right, bones, right, right. they heal up, they calcify, and actually, from what I hear, your that area becomes even stronger than before. So, I mean, that's nothing. But then let's go to the eye situation. You know, like the whole Donald Cerrone and um, Tony Ferguson fight. You know, it's like when it comes to your actual vision. I mean, I mean. Look, I mean, it it could be minor. It could be major. I mean, but no one can really tell what situation your eye is in, especially if it swells up to the point of it being shut and you can't open it whatsoever. Um, But, I mean, you lose one eye. That's your peripheral going right there. You know, now you're not going to see incoming shots from that direction or... um, That's Michael Bisping. Yes, exactly. That's what happened.
0: Yeah, that's Michael Bisbee's situation with his eye.
1: But I don't think he's, like, technically, like, uh, completely blind. I think it's almost like, uh, isn't it almost like tunnel vision in a sense? Where it's uh, just kind of, like, limited?
0: Uh, I believe he's had issues with it. I, I remember he was saying he had to. He retired recently because the doctors were saying if he gets one more good hit in that eye, it's gone. And he was saying he was having blurry vision, uh, seeing out of it and stuff like that. And it was at that point, he said, it's not worth it. It's not worth losing an eye for this fucking sport. And he's a smart enough guy to just say, you know what? Screw this. I'm, uh, I'm not going to go in for this. So it's, it's good.
1: Yeah. Like I said, you break some bones, they calcify, you actually come back stronger. You lose some teeth. You know what? You get replacements, uh, But yeah, man, like that, that forehead injury and anything to do with the eye, definitely take caution. I mean, even if it's just your eye swelling up, you know, like the, the, the tissue around it or whatever, you know, you just can't take that chance.
0: Yeah, no, it's terrifying, right? So for those who don't know, if, if you're listening and you don't know the history, Michael Bisping is a UFC, was a UFC MMA fighter who, uh, I think it was a kick. I think it was a a kick or something that long story short against Vitor Belfort and it detached his retina in his eye, one of his eyes. Yeah. So his right eye, I I think it was his right eye. His right eye was so bad that he, he has like a prosthetic lens over it. So he has his, his real eye is still there, but it's so junky that they had to put a prosthetic on top of that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think he said that his his vision's pretty much gone almost, and he can just barely pass medical exams to keep on fighting. Um, yeah, so that's oh, that's not good yeah, that's that's terrifying, but I mean good I, I don't want to say good for him, I guess, but but just great for him to be able to do that because he he lost his depth perception, Yes. you know, so imagine going to grapple somebody or you're going to strike on somebody and you have the wrong depth you fuck that up, and you're just grabbing air, or just punching air. Like, that's... Ugh. Ugh. That sucks. That fucking sucks, dude.
1: You know I'm actually surprised uh, he continued to fight, though. Even after that. You know? I mean, maybe yeah. it just didn't, like, really kick in mentally yet, and he felt like, ah, oh, I could just keep going, like, whatever. It'll heal eventually. True. I mean, I don't know what the guy was thinking, but... Um, True, true. I'm shocked he actually lasted as long as he did before he finally realized, like, okay, enough's enough.
0: Yeah. Um, By the way, uh, uh, Cyborg Santos did retire the next year after he had his frontal sinus fracture.
1: Not surprised.
0: Yeah, so in 2016, his frontal sinus was fractured by the flying knee, and then he retired in 2017. He was like, fuck this.
1: And I assume that entire time he just spent just resting and healing up because there was no way he was training. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You want to know a horrible, uh, you want to know a real horrible injury? Let's hear it. Uh, I I forget the name of the guy. I'm sure I can find it. But um, there was a, uh, I think he was an Irish MMA fighter. Um, One of his balls got ruptured. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Um, not good, but I'm, yeah, uh, one of his testicles exploded in training. Um, oh,
1: in training. Okay. I mean, regardless, but yeah,
0: that's the, that's the worst part, dude. It was fucking training. It wasn't even a fight where you're getting, you know, well paid for. So, and I assume
1: they're wearing a cup even in training. I mean, you, you'd be stupid not to.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I, I guess there was a. I guess it's happened in actual MMA fights, but it, it, it's happened. But it's just I remember hearing about it. I guess one of the guys was training and it, it, something with uh, his jock, and yeah, he lost it. Wow. Yeah, yeah.
1: I'm Dude, trying to think of this, someone- is sport. this is a crazy ass sport. This is. Yeah. Who was it that um. I know there was a fighter that got his jaw unhinged his, him or her. I, I don't even remember if it was a women's or a men's fight. I know someone got their jaw dislocated, but the, uh, the, the fight I'm thinking of the jaw, like their chin actually split. Like you could even see the unevenness, I think in their teeth, like it literally their jaw broke clean. Um, So, it's like you can actually move the left and the right side. Um, And I don't remember who it was. I think it was a women's uh, match, if I'm not mistaken.
0: I don't know. I I know it's happened before to, uh, who is it? I think Cub Swanson in a training, in in a sparring routine. He had his jaw at least knocked out of place. Uh, I think it was a broken jaw. Um, yeah, no, yeah, broken jaw. Cub Swanson had a broken jaw. Um, I, don't, I don't know who that happened to. I mean, broken jaws have happened to multiple people. Oh, sure. Fights, but I don't know who you're referring to for that specific incident where... I
1: just remember that one it. stuck out the most, though, because it was like literally like if you were to just go right down the middle of your chin... Like, that's, li- that's how it broke. It's like, there was the left side yeah. of the jaw and the right side. And Ugh. you were just, yeah. Ugh. And that just, like, stuck out.
0: So, I would say the Anderson Silver Chris Weidman one was pretty fucking gruesome. The arm ones are pretty fucking gruesome. Yeah. You know what's weird? I feel like like those injuries are even worse because I have had my leg kick checked before, mm-hmm. and I have been armbarred before. So being in those positions and seeing a real life scenario, of what would happen if a the leg the the leg kick Went wrong, like if that person checked it, and my leg didn't do well. And also, if I didn't tap and let this person keep going, I think that makes it even more terrifying and gruesome to actually see happen to a professional. Yeah, because I can relate to that feeling and that suffering and that pain. Not even to that level, but just I, I have an idea of how bad it is now, and I, I see how bad it can be. Oh, sure. And that's just, that's just a oh fuck me, that's ridiculous.
1: Yep. And what's crazy, too, is like you, you, these people, they go through, I mean, they're they're already in the moment, right, with the whole fight. And it's like they don't even realize it broke until they get like that few seconds of when, like what killed me with the Anderson Silva situation was he snapped his leg. But it's when he came back and then proceeded to put his body weight on that leg. I'm sure, you know what I mean? Like, when he did the actual kick, you know, just from being in that rush, that moment, I'm sure it didn't kick in, yeah. Like, it didn't set in, like, oh, shit, my leg is clean, just broken in half. <laughs> Snapped in half, yeah. Yeah, snap. Um Just, oh, man.
0: Yeah, it was just his muscle and tendons and skin that kept the leg on.
1: Yes, yeah, so I, I hate I mean, seeing injuries like that. I mean, the initial break is one thing, but it's when you see fighters go back to their stance and they go to then put their flag down, or they'll put it down on the the broken part. Oh man, I've seen that with ankles, and they land on the ankle instead of their foot because their foot is now laying sideways on the mat. It's, yeah. just, it's just gross.
0: Yeah. Oh, it's fucking gruesome, dude. Yeah. Um, oh god. So I hate the injuries. You know, it, I mean, I, I understand it's gory and gruesome MMA is, and especially with fighting. So I understand the, like I remember watching the Edson Barboza and Paul Felder fight that went down at Abu Dhabi.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and I remember people were just being, oh, there's so much blood, blah, blah, blah. And it's just, well, yeah, I mean, it's, you're, you got two guys who love throwing elbows. Like it's going to happen. Yeah. It's spitting shit. It's It's going to happen. The blood doesn't really bother me. It's the, It's that. It's the broken shit and snap shit. Mm -hmm. Uh, Oh, God. But I feel like the most terrifying stuff is when you see people get dumped on their neck. Yeah. Like when Rose Namajunas got dumped, that was a terrifying just, is she fucking paralyzed? You know? Because you're right. Anything broken can be, like, bones get we can get metal plates and tendons can get replaced and everything can kind of heal up. It's, it's painful and gruesome to see, but everything can come back. But your spine, your neck, your brain, those are things that don't come back. Right. You know, at least not yet, but those things are pretty much gone. And that's, ugh. Ugh. And, 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 and you know, what's even worse. I, I know, I remember I told you to watch some videos. I don't know if it's, if you saw some of the videos that I was looking at, but what's even worse is when you hear the commentators and the crowd react to it and the crowd all has the same reaction of just like, Oh, like, like nobody wants to see that. And the commentators freak out and you hear like all the, the amount of times that Joe Rogan has like, been screaming just stop the fight stop the fight stop the like not even giving a shit about commentating anymore he's trying to yell at the ref to stop the fucking fight yeah as fast as possible it's just oh uh, and it's weird it's just why why do we it's like what why do we watch the sport what the fuck <laughs> what the fuck because <laughs> it's, it's you know it's
1: a primal thing man i don't know
0: Because it's martial arts,
1: right? Yeah. Oh, God. Well, it's amazing, like, what Uh. the human body is capable of taking and dishing out at the same time. You know? Like, again, we could go back to leg kicks. All it takes is a simple just checking the kick, you know? And look what happens. Or what's capable, you know? Right.
0: Yeah, yeah. 100%. 100%. In other news, I don't know if you know this, uh, you know how BJ Penn, was, uh, BJ Penn was fighting, right? And then he was not allowed to fight after his latest bar fight. Yes. Going into the theme of uh, fighters who shouldn't be fighting that are fighting, did you know that Rashad Evans, Sugar Rashad Evans, is coming out of retirement to come back to fight?
1: I thought I had heard something. Uh, now, how long has he been out for? I think I may have sent you something. I think you did. I think that's how I found out. Yeah, he's been
0: out for a year. He is 24-8-1. Uh, His uh, last victory was against Chael Sonnen back in November sixteenth, two 2013.
1: I remember that fight. Uh,
0: he. he <laughs> yep, he lost to uh, Bader in 2015. Then he lost to Teixeira Glover. Dick in 2016. Then he lost to Kelly in uh, 2017. I remember watching that fight with you. Mm-hmm. Um, he lost to uh, Alvi in 2017. And then he lost to uh, Smith, Anthony Smith, in 2018. And then he retired. So he's been not doing well uh, since 2013. Technically, he took 2014 off. So he's been losing from since 2015 to 2018. So that's three years of losing, and uh, he's coming back because he says he feels great and he feels. He said he feels like he's capable of coming back at this point. He is 38 years old. Uh, he's at 205 pounds, and uh, yeah, he debuted in the octagon November 5th, 2005.
1: That's middleweight, right? 205.
0: Yeah. Okay. No middleweight.
1: No, no, no. Uh, That's light. light heavyweight. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, okay. I'm, I'm seeing a pattern because like you said, I mean, there there were times in the past he took a year off or whatever, came back, lost a fight. I mean, again, is this a, a, a pride thing? Because he could feel, he claims he feels good or is it just he's, he's hungry again? He wants to do it because he is a fighter. I don't know, man. I, I don't understand why these guys keep wanting to come back to fight. Or are we seeing all I mean, of a sudden this this whole like CT thing? You know, like out of the blue, all of a sudden we're noticing, you know, like maybe this is like, uh, like I, I don't know. I really don't know.
0: I think I hope it's not CTE. I mean everybody feels good with rest and recovery and he's been off for a year of not fighting doing fighting doing training camps and stuff like that. He's been doing commentating. He's he's great at commentating. Um, right. But yeah. So the the UFC and Rashad Evans parted ways. So in other words, he was released by the UFC from his contract. So he's allowed to get back into any kind of fight promotion that he wants. I guess the word is is that he's been training back in the gym and he's been feeling good, and uh, I guess he said the big according to this article from Bloody Elbow, he said that he changed his diet after he retired and it drastically changed his body and how he feels, so he's definitely thinking about coming back now okay um, i mean i'm I'm saying that just oh man. <sighs> I'm gonna say that if you, I, I, I don't, I don't know what to say. I, I here's the thing:
1: after years and years of losing, to say that something as simple as I'm, I mean, I'm sure there's more to it, but something as simple as just a diet change, and all of a sudden, hey, I feel great. I want to get back into it. <sighs> I I think because I don't think because you had a few salads, like all of a sudden you think you have a a chance, especially at 38. (laughs) Then again, you know, we have seen people come back in their mid to late thirties and also do well. But I mean, in this situation, it's like people need to just leave the gloves down in the octagon. They need to just stay away. I mean, he's doing great. I'm sure he's getting paid a lot of money just commentating. You know, I, again, and I've said this before. There's nothing can, yeah, wrong with yeah, guys. You know, con- no, go ahead. No, no. I was going
0: to say that's a good point. I feel like if guys aren't making money and they need money, that's a that's a good point. And we've talked about this with BJ Penn, right? There's, there's maybe they're just trying to fight out demons, or maybe there's an identity to being a fighter that they need to retain and they want to keep, and that's how they identify themselves you know yeah. i i can totally understand that or maybe it's just a thing that they need to be back into that sphere to tap back into that part of their brain that helps them feel alive and i you know what on one hand it's, it's 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 me wanting to say it's a free world you should do what makes you feel that way but the other hand is from a fan perspective i'm sure he can still put he could still go out and and we could see him fight but as a fan, do we want to see that? Do I want to see BJ Penn fight? I would love to see BJ Penn fight somebody of his level at this point. Right. I would. I don't want to see. I don't want to see BJ Penn trying to fucking climb up the rankings. I don't want to see Rashad Evans try to climb up the rankings of Bellator or ONE FC. You know, I'd rather see him t- do fights that are entertaining and fun. You know, it, it's just there is a point that I think people need to come to terms and understand and accept that about their age. And I think this happens with everybody. I think this happens with us as people, just as civilians, not professional fighters. Sure. Sure. Like, let's put it this way. Let's say you never stopped, uh, going to the gym. Okay. Like the, the dojo. Right? Yeah, yeah. Let's say you never stopped training martial arts. Let's say family, not never gotten the way and money was never a problem. Let's say you could just keep going. Do you think you would just keep going until you were 60 doing the exact same stuff doing break falls and all this other shit and conditioning drills. Or do you think eventually you'd be thinking, I want to change arts or change training methodologies because this is just beating me up so much.
1: Um, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, me personally, I mean, if the, if it was my mindset, I probably would give it up at some point only because I would like to, um, be a little bit more versatile with, martial arts you know like it's 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 good to hone your skills and master one art but to stick with it and just like a single art for especially up until like 60 um i mean i already know i'm going to be looking at you know issues with arthritis i mean look you know look at people that we know that have all of these injuries and <laughs> yeah, my, dude, exactly. I to pop
0: my I have to pop my thumb because Jay disjointed it. I have to pop both my wrists. Yeah, like every every hour, I have to pop that. My my neck, I have to crank out, and my hips are bad. Well, my hips are bad from hockey, but just yeah, yeah, dude, it's yeah, it's fucking insane, right? So so. There's a part of an adjustment period that I feel you, we all have to go through in life. It's just you can't keep partying in the clubs like you were eighteen to twenty-one. Right. You can't keep staying up late at night playing video games till three o'clock in the morning when you're in your forties. I mean, maybe you can depending on your lifestyle, but you need to change something. Or if you don't, you're just gonna wear your, you're gonna start burning the candle at both ends. Yeah. You know? So, I don't, I can't speak to Rashad's reasoning of other than, oh, I feel great. I changed my diet. I like, I'm vegan and, you know, I've been training again and I'm back to back in the gym. Man, I feel great. I took a year off. Woo, life is great. I'm ready to get back in there. Yeah. Uh, it's like, uh, are you though? Are, are you ready? It's, it's kind of like Dan Hardy's situation. You know about Dan Hardy's situation, right? With his heart, how he was forced out by medical conditions for his wolf heart syndrome and. How he's trying to come back now. I actually didn't know that. You you didn't know Dan Hardy? Okay, so Dan Hardy had uh, Wolf Heart Syndrome, and he basically his heart will have irregular beats. Okay. So in a worst-case scenario, he could have a serious issue. So uh, UFC Medical were basically saying, yeah, you're not going to die on our promotion, so you're done. (laughs) You're not going to let you fight. So that's when he became a commentator. He became a commentator and analyst, but he's never had an incident since then. He's been training nonstop since he was let go or since he was put on hiatus. And he's putting himself back into medical testing with the UFC to say, I'm coming back. If I pass all my medicals, I'm going to come back and I want to have a fight with somebody of my caliber. I'm not trying to be a champion. I'm going to have one or two fights and then retire for good. I want to go out on my terms. Not on the terms of my medical medical condition. So that makes sense. He's clear. He's lucid. He's explaining his situation. He's he's aware of the consequences. He's been training. He hasn't been taking any damage because he hasn't. I don't think he's been sparring. I think he's just been he's just been doing like uh, gym work. Yeah. You know, just bag work, shadow boxing. He's been doing stuff like that. I don't think he's been sparring. So. Him coming back makes... That's a situation that makes sense. Rashad taking a year off because he lost. He hasn't won since 2013. Rashad, Rashad taking a year off in 2018 and yeah. wanting to come back at the end of 2019, 2020, at the age of 38, after getting knocked out all these times. Right. That just doesn't make sense to me.
1: Um. So I, I know I've, I've said this previously in other episodes. I just don't understand why, because at this point, all I could think about is these people also love the fame because if they were still into the whole game or the idea of staying active, why can't they just go to the gym or why can't they perhaps even open up their own gyms or train up and coming athletes and, or the youth?
0: Well, I think, um, Well, you're right, you're right. But I think you need to be a business person. Like, Uriah is kind of the only guy who's really been a great business person with MMA gyms of his own. Nobody else has really been that successful to my knowledge. I
1: mean, even if it wasn't, like, them running their own gym, but the idea of just enjoy the training, you know? And if you want to spar a a training partner every now and then just to, you know, uh, not get rusty here and there, like, that's totally cool, you know? But to come back to be on tv you know into in a professional organization just because you say you're ready or you have more to prove i mean i i don't know i i, I feel like at that point it's just they're they're hungry for the fame um and and going on the whole uh what we we're just talking about um It'll come back to me, I'm sure. But anyways, yeah, I mean that that's my okay. thought. It's it's like they there there's other ways of being active within martial arts, not just going back to that professional career only to I, I guess destroy your reputation or what it once was. You know, in Rashad's case, like you said, he wasn't doing great. You know, uh, since
0: 2013.
1: And then you have BJ Penn, who's literally the prodigy. Right. And it's like a lot of newer people getting into the UFC or the sport in general don't realize what he was capable of back in the day. They just know of what's been going on recently and his recent losses but they don't know who the prime BJ Penn was. You know, know? and it's, it's like, okay, dude, after what, seven losses, eight losses, like you're done. And then the bar fighting and it's like, come on, is it true? I don't know.
0: No, no, no. I think you're right. I think it's about the prestige. I mean, you're not wrong. I think part of it's the prestige. You're fighting in a professional MMA organization. Your name's on a billboard. Like, there has to be a little part of the prestige factor of, oh, man, I'm doing something significant with my life choices. Yeah. But, but I, I I, don't know. I, like I, I don't know, right? I'm not a cage fighter, so I can't speak to why. I can only speak to the fact that the decision to be a cage fighter, the decision to be a professional MMA fighter, or even a professional martial artist um, comes with pretty severe consequences. And it requires a dedication that uh, that's, I think more than most professional athletes. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think football players are kind of in the same boat where they kind of know they're getting into a situation where they could have life ending or life altering injuries and they they kind of do it regardless just for the money just for the dream of doing what they've always wanted to do but you know a lot of shit happens man a lot of it's the cte that's also popping up like we talked about a few episodes ago like how that could be more prevalent as time goes on for sure
1: yeah
0: and and how that comes out you know um yeah it's just it's just terrifying shit dude it's just pretty terrifying shit
1: And I remember what I was going to ask you before. um, Okay. Okay. The Dan Hardy situation. Um, Define like, what do you mean? He's, he's, he wants to come back for a few fights. Like what's a few.
0: Uh, One or two. He said one or two. He said he wants to come back and um, finish off his career the way he wants to and that's with one or two fights against people of his uh with his level of like his range like and he said it in an interview he said i want to i'm not trying to come back and fight any of the top 10 guys that's not fair to the top 10 guys and it's also not something i i don't think i'm at with my martial arts career i would rather i would rather fight somebody who's a bit older like me who's a bit more in my skill area in the sense of where I'm at as a martial artist. I'm not trying to do this for, you know, the, the fancy show of it. I'm trying to come back just so I could have a fun fight for the fans and for myself and for my opponent. And we can just do that instead. So that's what that would be. But something that's but something that's kind of cool is also that uh, he was saying that he so Dan Hardy's kind of committed his life to training, you know, especially since this happened and he was stopped. He was prevented from fighting, and he's had to kind of blow off steam, so to say, by doing anything else. Mm-hmm. He's been pretty good at at maintaining training physically, whether like not just at the gym, but like I said, martial arts, traveling the world and, and, you know, meditating, doing yoga. He's been going on spiritual journeys. He's been training at different martial arts studios. And so he's been, I feel like doing pretty cool things with his time. And I think it's, I think it's the healthiest way to possibly come back. I'm going to say Dan Hardy is the perfect example of how to, of how to come back and finish with the right style. You know, the
1: right style and the right mindset.
0: Yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying.
1: Yeah. You didn't know about that?
0: No, I didn't. (laughs) Oh, well, there's there's yeah, you should look it up. It's pretty cool. Um, Okay. Speaking of of the right mindset, I would say let's end this unless you want to talk about something else uh, on a good mindset here. Uh, did you want to talk about something else or are you feeling pretty good?
1: Uh, I mean, I think we pretty much covered it as far as like the whole injury thing goes, CT. Um, yeah,
0: yeah. Um, I wanted to say that, uh, MMA fighter, Katie Collins, uh, she was, she fights on, uh, LFA and, uh, Bellator every once in a while she suffered a major aneurysm last week that put her in a stroke and she has seizures. So she's, they were trying to repair it and I guess that ruptured and now she's, they're trying to repair it a second time. She's currently in the ICU. So she's in a fucked up situation. So I know the MMA community is going to rally around her and hopefully since, you know, as we all know, unless you're the champion, you're not going to be making big bucks. Hopefully, uh, some people get together and help her out with some of those bills um and hopefully she's okay but positive wow. vibes out there if you're listening you, you should look up katie collins with a k k-a-t-y katie collins and uh make sure she's doing good and send her some positive vibes because you know martial arts can martial arts community is pretty great but professional mma is fucking brutal if you can yeah. get that message through this episode and yeah, uh,
1: she, she needs that, that love and support, support. Yeah,
0: exactly. All right, bud. I hope you hit that workout two more times this week.
1: Yeah, definitely going to work on it. (laughs) Sounds good. All right. All right. Peace. Peace.